Church in Lyons, Georgia. Um, as far as our prayer requests are concerned, uh, of course, we want you to continue to remember Brother Gary and Brother Reggie in prayer as they both, uh, Brother Brother Gary is um, is recuperating from, uh, of course, from kidney transplant, and I had an opportunity to talk with him right for a while on the phone yesterday afternoon, and so... Um, Continue remembering him in prayer. He he said, uh, nothing, Lord willing, nothing happens. Uh, they're going to go to the motel on Tuesday. And uh, then he said that I don't know when we'll get to come home, but he said it's probably going to be not too, too long after that. He's going to get to come home. So remember uh, them in prayer and pray for them. Uh, also, ask you to remember Auburn in prayer. Uh, I think Auburn's whole class was put in quarantine uh, because of the uh, coronavirus. Um, also, uh, remember Emily and the baby. Lord willing, by this time next Sunday, uh, I'll be older. I'll be a greater grandfather. And... Uh, and then about four weeks after that, I'll be an even greater grandfather. So um, four or five weeks. So pray for Brittley and the baby. Pray the Lord will see fit to go with them. Uh, and others we have on a prayer list. I'm not going to go over all of them. Uh, Brother Jim is better, and we're, we're glad that he is. And, and Sister Carmen asked us to remember her in prayer and pray for her as she watches over Reggie. She called me last night and told me that Reggie finally said I'm better. And she said he'd been a long time, said most time when she asked him, he, he'd say I'm dying or something like that. But uh, said he finally said I'm better. And uh, she was glad, she was so glad to hear that that she called me and told me about it, that he was said I'm better. And so we're thankful for that. Uh, I don't know, there's a lot, a lot of people on the prayer list, uh, but I ask you to remember those that we spoke of today and that need prayer now. Um, I'm going to ask, um, Brother Sam, will you lead us in prayer this morning?
Thank you, brother. <clears throat> um, I also heard that uh, Janice Davis, is that right? And Brad's mom and daddy were tested positive for, for the coronavirus, and uh, so do remember them in prayer and pray for them. Um, this word quarantine, I'm getting where I hate it uh, more and more every day, but... Um, some of you may not, I know some of you don't know this, I learned what quarantine meant at five years old before we even started school. Uh, we had an old doctor, his name was Dr. Clark, and he, he brought a horse and buggy through the mountains. I remember seeing him. He brought a husband, uh, horse and buggy through the mountains and he would stop at every house through there and he would ask, you know, is everybody okay? Well, my brother was real sick. My brother that passed away, that was crippled and blind, he was real sick. And Dr. Clark went in to see him, and when Dr. Clark came out, he nailed a sign up over the door. And, uh, of course, I, I couldn't read. Uh, and um, so uh, I asked... Uh, my mom, I said, what does that sign say? She said, it says quarantine. And said, you boys better stay in this yard or not catch you out of it. And I said, why, I asked her, I remember I said, I asked her, I said, why, why, what does that mean? And she said, that means that your brother's real sick and, and he's got a disease that we can catch. And he, and he said, We're, we have to stay here uh, in our place here right now. So I learned a long time ago what that word means. Jim, you mind getting my shut that door? Um, and uh, because that's a glare. And But anyway, um, I learned what that word means. But now, in the last several months, I've, I've learned to despise the word. Because I think I think it's a good word if you, if you need to stay in. But uh, it's also a good word to... Uh, uh, to let people have more recliner time and, uh, and, and everything. But um, certainly um, pray the Lord will see fit to go with all these people that have to stay in. You know, I think it's a 10-day stretch that you have to take now uh, when they quarantine you. And so um, Brother Winston came in this morning and he said, he said, this whole side over here is in quarantine. And so uh, I, I'd already heard about uh, Auburn being in quarantine in his class. Um, uh, if you have your Bibles, turn with me, if you would, to the book of Psalms. Let's all stand as we honor God's word by standing. Turn, turn to the book of Psalms. And in the 90th chapter, the 90th Psalm, and I'm going to begin reading in verse 9. Psalms 90 and verse 9 says, 
and this is the this is the verse I'll be focusing on for this message. For all our days are passed away in thy wrath. We spend our years as a tale that is told. The days of our years are three score years and ten. And if by reason of strength, that's nine that's, that's seventy years, and by reason of strength they be fourscore, which is eighty years, yet is their strength, labor, and sorrow. I'm sorry. If let me let me start that all over. It says and if if by reason of strength there be fourscore years, yet is their strength labor, strength, labor, and sorrow, for it is soon cut off and we fly away. In other words, it's going to go. And somebody said that wasn't in the scripture, but it is. And he said, we fly away. Who, who knoweth the power of thine anger, even according to thy fear, so is thy wrath. So teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you again for this day. Thank you, God, for taking care of us. Thank you, God, for everything that you do for us. Lord, I can't begin to thank you for how you've taken care of me all these years and and how that you've watched over me and and how that you're even even now you're watching over me during this time of sickness here up on the earth. Now, Lord, take care of us. Continue to do it, Lord. I know you will. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you. you may be seated. <clears throat> I want to say something about the ninth verse before I actually get started with this message. Uh, uh some people get uh, concerned about uh, the first part of that verse, for all our days are passed away in thy wrath. Now, I, I want to say this, because I, I won't be talking too much about this later on in the message, but uh, I want to say this, that if, you're, if you live your life uh, righteous and, and live your life unrighteously, you know, you're going to have a tale to tell. But let me tell you again. If you, if you live your life in the love of God, you're going to have a tale to tell. And so think about those things for just a moment as we get into this message. Psalms 90 is the oldest psalm in the Bible. It was Moses' prayer preserved in the scriptures. I mean, there's, there's, there's three or four prayers that have been preserved in the scriptures, and but Moses was one of them. His prayer was preserved in the scriptures. In Moses' day, there was numerous men who were regarded as storytellers. These men were professional in what they did. They would go forth on the, to the army camps and 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 uh, and telling their and telling their stories from city to city, telling their stories. Moses prayed this prayer during the forty years wandering in the wilderness. Now, those people had a tale to tell. Those that survived it, they had a tale to tell. And um, 
and certainly um, Moses in being with them had a tale to tell. And uh, so let, let me tell you, folks, we spend our lives wandering. We'll, I know we get a, 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 an itching sometimes to go other places and do other things, but, uh, but back in those days, that didn't happen. Back in those days, uh, uh, they didn't, so what they did was is they would have these storytellers come around and they would tell their stories, even though whether they were the truth or not, they would tell their stories. And, um, and so they were professional in what they did. So, so realizing this, that we realize that uh, when the wrath of God is up on a person, and, and, you, and, and, and that person is going to have a story to tell. You know, we, we've come to a day when God does nothing but love. We come to a day when there's no such thing as the wrath of God. It is all, it is all 100% the love of God. Just, just read, go to Facebook, read the things on Facebook. Uh, no one ever talks about the wrath of God and, and how the wrath of God is up on some people. And, and when he says here, he says, and he warns us in the ninth verse, he says, for all of our days, for all of our days are passed away in thy wrath. But this, the life that we have to live today is just a little bit of the wrath of God. But thank God that there's some folks out of all of those folks that live that life, there's some folks that God has loved and he has saved them and, and, uh, and they live for him. If they, if they do what they should do, if they live for him the rest of their life, they'll have a tale to tell when they get my age. They'll have a tale to tell. And certainly that's, a, that's the gist of this whole message. Moses was not a storyteller. However, in this prayer, he has a story to tell. There is a lot that we can, uh, there's a lot we can, we, we can get, from, there's a lot we can get from this prayer that Moses is saying. <clears throat> there's a lot that we can dwell upon when considering the 40 years wandering but we want to focus mainly on verse 9. I mean, you, you can, what I'm trying to say this morning is you can take those 40 years wandering and you can preach for a long time on just, just the 40 years wandering. But that's not what we're going to talk about today. What we're going to talk about today is life it's likened to a tale that is told. Brother Gary, when I thought about this, I thought that Brother Gary will have a tale to tell when he gets back. When I was talking to him on the phone yesterday, he had a tale to tell. He said, I talked to him about 
I said, I told him that there's some in the church that was concerned about their finances and if they were able to get along. And he said, oh, we, he said, we're fine. He said, we're fine. Said, 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 if before you think about giving us anything, he said, give it to somebody that may need it. Because he said, we don't need it. He said, I've got exactly what I came here to do. And he said, I'm so thankful for it that he said, I rejoice every day. He, in other words, what Gary was saying was, I can do without everything if I have to. Because I'm ready to live a different life. And, and so he'll have a tale to tell. When he gets back, he'll have a tale to tell. And, and, and it wouldn't be nothing for him to get up and give a testimony about the tale that he has to tell about how God took care of him. You must realize that our church here prayed for about three years, going on four years, for him to get receive that kidney. Well, let me tell you something, folks. We got a tale to tell. We got a tale to tell that when you're serving the Lord, you got a tale to tell. <clears throat> we can tell about forming that circle up here every, after every service, every Sunday service. We would form that circle up here, and and we would pray for Brother Gary. Brother Gary was humble in the middle of it, and and, and whenever you would anoint him and. And, and he was just as humble as he could be about it. But now he's got a tale to tell. And what a great, what a great blessing that is. There's many, there's many today. I, I have a tale to tell. Some people talk about, well, you talk all the time about your years in the ministry. I've got a tale to tell. I've got a tale to tell you today. I've got a, I've got a tale to speak. Uh, uh, today that, that that I might tell you the story of my life. Well, what's the title of this message now? We're going to get to the title of this message. The title of this message is Life's Story. Life's Story. Now, you look on Facebook. They want you to put a life story up there. And and they, they do it with a bunch of photos and, and a bunch of this, a bunch of that, a bunch of places we've been, a lot of, lot of things we've done. Well, let me tell you, the life story I'm speaking of is one that is very important to every person in this building, every person listening out here. This life story that I'm talking about today. You know, it, it's something that he says down here in the, in the 10th verse, he says, the days of our years are threescore years and ten, that's seventy. And if by reason of strength, that is that we're healthy, they be fourscore years, that's eighty, yet is their strength, labor, and sorrow. For it is soon cut off and we fly away. I mean, what's that telling us? That's telling us, Brother Sam, that you and I are living on Borrowed time. We're, we're living on time because Kara may not think you're healthy. Marana may not think I'm healthy, but we're healthy. Because we're living longer than we probably should have lived. 
You know, they say the life, the life of, a, of a man right now is, is 78 years. The life of a woman is 82. But let me tell you, folks, and that, let me be the first one to tell you. Before I'm telling you my life story, before I turned 70, I didn't have a pain. I was able to do anything I wanted to do before I went before I turned 70. I was able to do, but I want to tell you, since I turned 70 and as I go further and further along, my life story changes further and further along. And it will. It will. As we begin to understand where the understanding of this verse comes from and what it means or what it meant, we begin to understand that many of the stories were long and many of the stories are short. What about these people that die young? No, I don't know where they go. I don't know if some of them go to hell or some of them go to heaven. I don't know, but let me tell you folks, they have a short story to tell. As someone told me one day, I said, I'm 76 years old. They said, well, what about the alternative to that? You might have died before you turned 76. That's true. That's true. We've got a story to tell, some short, some long. The longevity of life is dependent on what a man, or for that matter a woman, puts into that life. One with a long Christian life has many more stories to tell than one who has a short life. Life is a measure to be filled. But listen to this. Life is never to be saddened away with anxiety, despondency, and sorrowfulness. That's all it does. It just saddens your life away. What about, what about people? I, I've seen people that they can't find anything to be happy over. They can't find anything to be joyful over. Life, God, didn't, God does not mean for us to sadden our lives away with anxiety despondency and sorrowfulness. You know, it, it's easy for me to sit down and say, God, I'm old, I'm not able to do anything, and just be as unhappy as unhappy can be. But I'm not. I'm not unhappy. I'm a happy person. I'm happy with everything. I'm happy with my family. I... I, Emily had to go to the hospital the other morning. I thought, well, boy, I said, oh, and I said, Lord, I can't go up there. I want to go up there, Lord. And it's going to be the same way this Thursday. I'm going to want to go up there. And it would be for any of you. Because all of you know that my life has been filled with being there when you go to the hospital, when you have a death in your family. Everything right there, I've been there. And that's a wonderful story to think about. 
It's a wonderful story to think about. And to think that something has come along in this world that takes that away from me. I can't stand it. I can't stand it. Somebody said, well, you don't want to go to the hospital and catch anything. That's my business. That's not their business. That's my business. Somebody, I, I used to go visit people that had the deadly flu. And I used to go in the hospital room. They'd make me put a coat on. They'd make me put gloves on. They'd make me put a mask on, make me put a hat on. I looked like a zombie walking in that room. You know, and I'd say, how are you doing today? Uh, I don't feel very well. That was, a, that was a blessing to be able to do that. And to think that you can't do it now, this thing's gone off because the battery's run down on it. But anyway, that's okay. Don't worry about it. But anyway, uh, that is a, that was a wonderful story to tell. I know we talk about the sadness of, of uh, funerals and things like that, but it's a wonderful story to tell that God gave me the grace to be able to be there when people needed me. You think that I'm not, that, that I'm not, uh, yeah, it's black. Either I turn black or that turn black. But at any rate, uh, this is um, this is a wonderful story to tell. The Christian life is filled with many biblical values which dictates the life that one lives. The Bible will teach you how to live your life correctly. The Bible will teach you, uh, you know, I've heard preachers say, well, I, I don't know what to do. The Bible will teach you what to do as, as a minister. How, how, how have you survived the ministry for 53 years? The Bible will teach you how to do that. You can't, you can't get your own, you can't go to a seminary and get somebody to teach you how to be a preacher. They just don't do that in seminaries. They don't teach you how to be a preacher. They don't teach you how to preach. But there's some that like, they like all these mannerisms in the pulpit, running over here, running over here, running there, and jumping up and down, screaming and tearing off. They don't teach you that in a seminary. What they teach you is to follow the Word of God, and the Word of God will tell you, first of all, how to act in the pulpit, tell you how to act in the pews. You just got to follow the Word of God. We want to see how life can be good and beneficial, how life can be a good and beneficial tale. There are three conditions which makes for a good and beneficial life. Three conditions. One of them is there must be the right author of life. It takes a genius to author a really great life without Christ. How, how can you how can you author a great life without Christ? Your life is doomed. It's doomed. It's doomed to agony. It's doomed to 
to a lot of things that goes on. How, how can you be happy without the Lord Jesus Christ? So there's got to be the right author of your life. It takes a genius to author a really great life without Christ. Only the Lord Jesus Christ can produce a life which is good, useful, and helpful to others. That's, that's, that's what we are, folks, all of us. We're to be, our life to be lived as we are helpful to other people. Let me tell you, folks, the only gospel that some, other, some people ever hear is your life. The only gospel some of them will ever know about is your life. What is your life like? Brother Al Malo told somebody one time in one of the Bible conferences, it would come time for me to preach, and they called me to come up there and preach, and Brother Al Malo stood up. He said, let me tell you, he said, Brother Jackson is the preacher's preacher. He said, we all need to follow his example. Now, I'm not bragging on myself. He was bragging on me. But let me tell you, folks, you can learn how to live your life in the Lord Jesus Christ. The life that is led by Christ is a life that's worth telling about. It was the great apostle Paul who said, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. That's our life right there is our life as a saved person. It, it, it behooves me. Some people say, well, that word behoove mean? Well, it confuses me. It behooves me that there are people who make a profession of faith and then they live like a devil. They get their name on the church roll but then they live like the devil. And right here, that, that, that Ephesians, the second chapter and the tenth verse, tells us what our life is to be like. For we are his workmanship, that is those of you who are saved. We are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained, that is the good works, the good works that we do, God before ordained for me to do, for us to do them, that we should walk in them. God, God doesn't make any mistakes when He calls a man to do something. When He leads somebody to do something, God, God doesn't make any mistakes. You know, I. Uh, one time I had somebody that mentioned about a preacher. He said he was called to preach. And he preached for quite a while in the pulpit. And then he just went off. Somebody asked me, he said, what, what do you think about that preacher? Do you think that possibly he wasn't saved? Do you think that possibly... He wasn't called to preach. God doesn't make any mistakes when he teaches his children which way to go and what to do. He doesn't make any mistakes. That's exactly what God expects out of his children. 
We cannot do this on our own. We must resign our life to his will. We've got to, we got to resign our life to his will. What, what will he have us to do? I just read it to you. We're to walk in the works that he before ordained that we should do those things. You'll have a story to tell. You'll have a story to tell. What, what do you have to preach about? You've got a lot to preach about. I've got a lot to preach about. Because I've, I've lived those, I've lived that story. The story of my life is I've lived that story. And how, how do you preach nearly 10,000 messages and then have another message to preach? I was asked that here not too long ago. How do you have another message to preach? Well, you've got a, 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 a every minute that God gives me to live on this earth and do his work, I've got another story to tell. Oh, I need to, I can add on to the old story. Tell me the old, old story. I can add on to it. It is filled with many. Let me say, let me say this. When we wander off, and here's the key statement right here. When we wander off from following the Lord, then we don't have much of a life to tell about. You're not going to tell people you was once belonged to the Lord. You're not going to tell you drinking group and you and, and you partying group. You're not going to tell them, well, I once belonged to the Lord. You don't have much of a story to tell. A life like that is filled with many sins, which we as Christians should be ashamed of, but there's many that are not. Well, many in this day enable the sinner in his sins. Oh, it's okay. If you want to drink a little bit, that's fine. If you want to smoke a little bit, that's fine. If you want to curse a little bit, that's okay. I know of preachers that have said that. Brother Kendall used to tell about it. Sister Deborah <coughs> used to tell about a preacher <coughs> that told them, <coughs> if you want to say a curse word, that's okay. Go ahead and say it. If you want to take a drink, that's okay. Go ahead and take it. Well, there's preachers today that are telling people the same thing. Second, we must be willing to follow the right person. We must be willing to follow the right person. The quality of our life must be guided by the right book of whom Christ is the right author. The right book whom Christ is the right author. Of whom? To follow the word of God is to have a great story to tell. If Christ... And his book is the center of our life. And as the old song says, and I had this written down before they ever sung it. When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot thou hast taught me to say, it is well, 
it is well with my soul. What a great story. What a great story to tell. Ever who wrote that story, wrote that song had a great story to tell. And we too can have a great story to tell. What a story. And lastly, what is the object of one's life? What is the object of one's life? What story do you have to tell today? What story do you have to tell today? Jim, you got a story to tell. You just had a deadly disease, and you're sitting here this day watching me. Same way with Reggie. I'm glad Reggie's better, and I hope he gets completely well. I'll say the same thing to him when he comes back, too. He's got a story to tell. What story do you have to tell today? Are you living your life according to the story of the Lord himself, or do you live your life according to the story of others? Do you live your life like others want you to live your life? Don't let others lead you to live their life, your life. Don't, don't let others lead you to live the life that they live. You live the life that the Lord would have you to live. In other words, do you do as others do? Or are you one who tells his or her story of a person who has been saved by God's amazing grace? I don't know how many of you noticed we got, Ron and I got over a hundred things concerning our 54th wedding anniversary. If you if you looked at mine, what I said about it, I said we are two sinners that were saved by grace. That's my story. That's my story. Brother David Collier has got on his tombstone Two sinners that are saved by grace. Let me tell you, folks, that's, that's the life of my story. God saved me 53 years ago, March 27, 1967. It's 53 years ago this year. God called me to preach first Lord's Day of May 53 years ago. This past May. Pastor. The first Sunday in August. 53 years ago. Last month. And the story that I have to. And that is. I was just a sinner. So. God has served. He just sent me. But I'm I'm just a sinner.